Thanks for joining us for this episode. And I do want to remind you to make sure that you are following us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you may listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at church advance. And you can actually watch video versions of each episode. We'd also really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review and share this content with other pastors and church leaders. We want to help as many of these folks as we can. And so we'd really appreciate you sharing this episode with your friends. Well, thanks again for joining us as we begin today's episode and continue to advance a reformation of fellowship, partnership, and gospel hope amongst Bible-believing pastors and churches. This is Church Advance with Brian Sams. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Church Advance podcast with Brian Sams. And man, we are getting so close, just days away, literally, uh, from the Church Advance Conference right here in beautiful Jacksonville, Florida. I just don't know where else you'd want to be in the winter than Florida. It's where people come to get away from frigid places like Michigan and Maine uh, and come down here. Uh, enjoy some sun, but more than that, enjoy some great fellowship, enjoy some great preaching by Kurt Skelly, H.B. Charles, and some dynamic teaching sessions. Uh, we have Nate Skelly. We have Pastor Mike Brown from over in Milton, Florida, and uh, the team from Biblical Ministries Worldwide. We're going to talk about healthy churches. And then, of course, the feature, big teaching feature is going to be all day Friday with Pastor H.B. Charles on preaching and on pastoring. It is worth every mile traveled dollar spent to get here. And it, of course, will be our last event. We're going to be syncing up with H.B. Charles for the Cut It Straight Conference going forward. And Luke, I'm looking forward to having you here uh, at the Old Church Advanced Conference, man. It's going to be great. Yeah, looking forward to being back. Uh, honored to be a part of the uh the last one, and uh, but I think it's uh, the the future. It, it, we keep saying the last one, but it's really not that. It's like you said, we're just rolling it into something bigger and better, really. And so, uh, I'm looking forward to being a part of that as well. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that Florida weather because even here in Nashville, it gets pretty frigid come February. So, um, I look forward I to that more mild temperature. I just, I, I just figure, look, if I got called to Maine, I'd probably end up being Jonah. Uh, I just, yeah. I just don't. I mean, I, I think God wanted me to be in the in the warmer weather. I just, I really do. Uh, yeah, and I love it, and it's it's good for you. It's really good to get away. I know sometimes get up there. I, I was up in Canada one time in like late March, and like Lake Erie was still frozen over. It's like what on earth? Yeah, maybe it was early March. Can't remember, but it was whatever. It was still bad. I mean, it didn't matter if it was December if the lake's frozen over, right? So it's just not where I want to be, but we we do enjoy it. And, and it really is nice how people come down here and vitamin D from the sun can really do something good for you. So uh, yeah. get out in the sun and, and enjoy the weather. It's beautiful. If you've got any questions, let us know. We're certainly looking forward to hosting you here. Great topics in the sessions. I'm you know, just looking forward to talking about healthy churches, pastoral leadership. We're talking about uh, developing change in an existing church culture. Just some really good stuff. 
Uh, excited to have our friends from Shepherd's Help coming back. They're giving free resources out to all pastors' books and different things like that. And uh, also thankful for sponsors like Must Increase Media and others, Luke, that are that are helping us uh, uh, put on this this show. It's going to be great, man. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to just being available. I'm not teaching much. I'm just going to kind of be there for fellowship and enjoying recording some live episodes here with you mm-hmm. and uh, keeping the content rolling for the year. Man, it's this this first uh, one of our first sessions of the year that we've been just started last week was great. Talking about you know uh, lessons learned, reflections on eight years of pastoral ministry. Really, these points are really clarification points, Luke. Things that Things that I didn't always practice, but after eight years, these things have, have become part and parcel to who I am and how our church rolls. And hopefully it's a help to these guys. Yeah, yeah. And so we did start these reflections of your eight years of pastoral ministry. And uh, so obviously, if you haven't heard uh, that first part, you need to go back and check that out. But just by way of review, uh, you talked about having clear vision, not a vision that you state one time, but a vision that is constantly emphasized to your church uh, and is made evident in areas like your budget facilities, program and people. Uh, You talked about building a team, not hiring a team building a team, utilizing the volunteers and the people that are engaged and excited about being at your church, uh, rather than just going out and and hiring right away, it's actually developing people and building them and tapping into the people in your church. And then that transitioned us into the third one. And we started touching on it, but I think that's where we're going to pick it up today is this idea of valuing people. And again, we just kind of teased that in the last episode, but that's where we're going to pick it up here is this idea of valuing people. Yeah. Valuing people, you know, uh, you know, the statement I gave last time, you can either use your church to build people or your people to build your church. And that's two different ways to look at it. And, and I think the mistake is using your people to build the church. Like there's some kind of tool or commodity to accomplish your will uh, people need to serve the Lord. I'm not afraid to challenge people to serve the Lord. I think every Christian needs to have a place of service. I think churches have run two schedules that are too busy, uh, mm-hmm. requiring people to be at too much in order for them to be considered uh, a good Christian, so to speak. And I think the other, the other, the other model is viewing yourself like you are a servant of God and a servant to people. And Paul said, uh, "I, I." love you. I continue to love you more. And even though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. It's about serving. It's about being a doormat for Jesus. It's about, it's about caring for people spiritually and in any way that they need it as a pastor and as a leader value. That means time example. It means, it it means the small thing like last week, we had a senior adult who's, who's uh, in the nursing uh, facilities and her daughter, her adult daughter, passed away. And on New Year's Day, actually, uh, me and another man, you know, went to the nursing home and uh, sat with her 30 minutes and talked and had a good time, prayed. That's, you know, God really spoke to me over, you know, the at the end of 2023 about how much the senior adult community in our church needed me to be a little bit more present, a little bit more visible and a little bit more compassionate. And I was so thankful that on the first day of the year, literally the first day of the year, uh, God gave me that opportunity to go, go visit uh, and sit with a a woman that was grieving the loss of her uh, daughter. But it's, it's more than just that it's recognition. It's Mm -hmm. telling people how much you care. It's 
not just being there and recognizing, it's also being sensitive to um, moments where the, the church membership would want to know that you're thinking about them. It's not all about what are we doing for God. It is about I love you. Our church loves you. We care about you. Like like Friday. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Monday of this week. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Um, I knew that one of our men in our church um, was having a, a stress test, and he was concerned about it. So that morning, I reached out to him and just assured him that I was praying for him. And uh, it, it meant a lot to him to know that I was even thinking about it. Right? It was there. It was. It was. It was. It was on the frontal. Uh, I'm looking at my desk uh, right now at a picture of that same man. He's getting ready to move to Orlando. He'll be unfortunately about one more week in our church. He's leaving, but I've got a framed photo of his baptism on my on my desk, and I'm giving it to him as a gift of his departure. It's just a touch, right? I just value I value him. I'm thankful for him. Uh, it certainly can go in more official recognition, where you know you you uh, have a luncheon or at least a recognition a gift card to your volunteers. It is, it is, you know, this on my desk, which is a, a our membership list that I pray through. And oftentimes it's just a, a, a nudge to pray for somebody and then, and then tell them, Hey, I prayed for you today. Just value people, pour into people. Uh, people are the greatest asset uh, that you have, but not only is an asset, just, just, just as the object of your care and concern and Christ's care and concern. And I, I just, I just, I, sometimes I felt like my only value at a church or a team was what I can do. Um, but I also think that uh, I want people, I'm not talking about, you know, flattery. I'm talking about really actually genuinely caring for people, which will produce those results of, thinking about them, talking to them, being there for them, recognizing them, training them, uh, listening to them, uh, and, and so on and so forth. And I think uh, that is a lesson that comes with time. Uh, yeah. and, and I don't think it's something I, I, I embraced really well when I first came. And I, I regret that. I wish I, wish I would have done a good, better job. Of, of being here for the people, not them being here for me. Maybe that's the best mm -hmm. way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that goes back to your, your statement there of you will either use your uh, church to build people or use people to build your church. And now, like, I, I think that's one of those things where organically, if you are just truly building people, then yes, in return, those people are going to want to build uh, your church and help you with that. But the emphasis has to be that it's because I mean, it's, it's a church, a literal, an ecclesia, a gathering of people. That's what it is. Um, yeah. you know, it, it's not buildings. Uh, and I like how you mentioned it's not programming. It's not service times. Uh, it's not, uh, you know, any variety of these things. Uh, it's even not a, not a, not a staff like we're talking about the hiring and building a team. It's yeah. it's it's people. Well, I said this to somebody the other day that was having a hard time with a, in a with a personal relationship. It was a young person, and and specifically their parents. And I just stopped them and looked at them and said, "Just remember this: your your mom is a person that has real feelings. Every human has a story. Every human has fear. Every human has struggles. 
that's our job, man, to be there and provide assurances and know that we care. And um, again, the focus of our ministry sometimes is can even be so much on those without that it neglects those that are within. And I'm sure I don't have the balance down correctly, but I just think the what has shifted in my mind is, oh, here's another way to put it, Luke. Let me, let me tell you this. Maybe it's a question I can ask to any pastor listening to. Somebody drops in to see you or call you. Okay. Is that an interference or an opportunity? Wow. Yeah. You know, oh, you know, some church members calling me. Well, um, maybe that's what you're supposed to do. Maybe that's mm-hmm. maybe that's the thing of the hour. I've actually I'm sitting here with a with a with a with a call that's going to need to be made as soon as recording is over. And I, you know, I I know I blocked this time off, and I feel, you know, bad that um, I'm, you know, I have, and I, I told the person, hey, I'm I'm actually live, man. I can't I, I can't get to this right now. But as soon as I hang up, I am absolutely going to make that call. I don't want them to think like that's not an interference to me. Probably five years ago, I'd have been like, oh, good grief. Can I just be alone to do what I need, you know, do what I need to do? Um, but I think now it's like, oh, that's actually why I'm here. Yeah. This yeah. is why I'm here. That's why I'm this guy's pastor. Yeah. So that I can be available to him when he's got a question, a prayer request, or a need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let me, I don't want to chase too much of a rabbit here with this, but let me just kind of uh, repeat something from a, uh, or kind of point something out rather from a, a, some of a personal experience of mine. Not only will, as maybe a pastor or a leader, you're going to find obviously that your responsibility is to care for people. Uh, there is something about, you know, when you make people a priority in your life and you make, you know, if you will, more room for uh, connecting with people in your life, it says something for you. And for your soul, you know, we aren't meant to do uh, life together or, or life alone, rather. Uh, we're meant to do it in community. And it's a real quick, uh, just kind of personal illustration. You know, I think for many people can relate 2020 uh, was a year of isolation for a lot of people. And I know that was the case for me. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit introverted. I enjoy my alone time. Um, but I found myself, uh, 2020 and a, and a couple of years to follow, uh, really just isolating myself from people, um, and just not making a lot of intentional connections. Uh, and you know what I, I discovered a couple of years later, it was like, Hey, this has not been healthy for my soul, you know, for, for who I am. And so, you know, again, it's not just about, you know, valuing people, uh, is an aspect of, yes, it will help other people. Uh, but it will bless you as well, uh, yes. because that's what we're designed to do: is to to ha- let others help us and us also help and value them. And so, that's valuing- I got a story. I got a story here. I got. I got to do that. This is this is absolute gospel gold here. I'm not going to tell you who, and I'm not going to tell you where, but I'm going to tell you a story that is that's a true story, and it's incredibly relevant, and it just shows you just value people. Don't worry about the rest. Mm. Uh, I've got a friend who is a pastor of a large church, and. Um, and a very busy pastor with a lot on his plate. And um, he went to lunch one day after church and at the restaurant, <clears throat> a lady walks by and approaches the table, <clears throat> excuse me, and says, hi, pastor, my name's so-and-so. And I was a guest at your church today. And I just wanted you to know that I really appreciate the service, et cetera. And then she said, uh, could I, 
request prayer. I have a surgery tomorrow, Monday morning. And he said, sure, prayed for her right there. I think he was with his family and got, got her name, asked her, you know, you know, the, the details of the surgery. The next day he gets up and doesn't even know this woman. He gets up and actually goes to the hospital, shows up at the hospital goes to the room, finds the woman pre-op and walks in the hospital room and her, she's there. She's getting, you know, not too far off from surgery. Her daughters are there, adult daughters. It's an older woman. Praise with her. This woman is so blown away by the pastor's um, kindness and thoughtfulness that she, you know, basically decided to be a part of his church. Hmm. Well, the first thing she did when she decided to join the church was she wrote him a check for $100,000 for wow. something that he needed personally. Hmm. Then, come to find out, this person is uh, a, a very wealthy widow with, with a virtually endless pockets. And it has led to some of the most extraordinary ministry funding and op opportunities that I've ever heard of. All because he just cared for her. He didn't care for her about her money because he didn't even know she had it. Yeah, yeah. He genuinely cared for her and look what it did. Now, that doesn't mean that's going to happen to all of us. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I wish it would. But what it does mean is this. It does mean I can value people, hmm. love and focus on people, and God will take care of the rest. And I think that's a really important point. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a powerful story. And I've heard it said, do for one what you wish you could do for many. Uh, and so that's a powerful example of that. So valuing people, uh, focusing on the people, uh, where you can, is where you can do the most good in your ministry there. Well, let's look at the fourth, uh, reflection here, uh, which is that of slow down, oh, man. You know, we spend our lives, you know, almost saying thing. It's a phrase I've tried to eliminate from my vocabulary, but it slips up every once in a while. I'm looking forward to. And I know there's some anticipation there about certain things, but sometimes I think we're wishing our life away. Sometimes yeah, I think yeah. we're, we're not, we're, we're just, we're rushing from thing to thing, opportunity to opportunity. And I know this in church, in church, real discipleship takes time. It does not happen automatically. It does not happen overnight. It takes time. And not only does real discipleship take time, uh, I think the best illustration of that I saw was, I think it was Carrie Schmidt that said, I, and I don't know if it was a book or a blog or a podcast. But he said, he said, uh, disciples are not mass produced. They're not, they don't come off a manufacturing line. They come like from a greenhouse. And I thought that was a really good way to put it. Um, so meaning real discipleship takes growth and it takes time. You don't plant a seed one day and expect a tree the next day. I think it's the peach tree that takes five years before it can produce edible fruit. Um, uh, that That's extraordinary, right? Real discipleship takes time. You can't mass produce it. You can't manufacture it. You can't microwave it. Not only is that true on a personal level, so it just takes time for people to grow. Um, just the other day, uh, Sunday, in fact, a man I led to the Lord a few years ago came up to me in the hallway, and he's just a real gruff guy. And he, and he cornered me in the hallway and said, Pastor, I'm having trouble um, getting angry with my wife, and I want some help. And I gave him some scripture. I thought to myself, 
this is crazy, man. This is like one of the roughest guys I've ever seen. Look what God's doing. But that's just the saturation in time and relationship building. And now he's looking to go deeper, right? Super mm-hmm. encouraging. But but not only is that true on an individual level, it's true on a culture, I'm sorry, a corporate culture level. So you you it takes time to build culture in a church because when you first come, you're not going to have all the pieces of the puzzle. And oftentimes as a new pastor, whether it's a struggling church like mine was or a or even a, a more stable church like other people maybe have a chance to um, take. The fact is um, uh, mo- a lot of people leave. I mean, that's just very common church transitions. When you go to church, there's a pastor, there's a leader, there's a culture. And oftentimes you're going to lose people. Oftentimes you've got to gain people. Then you've got to build people. And, and I just, I really feel like, man, in eight years right now, the culture of River City Baptist Church is 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 finally here. It didn't happen overnight. Hmm. Uh, it's I mean eight years, man. That's a long time. Yeah. And now the church feels and flows, and people think like me, and and I'm really literally their pastor. And it's deep, and it it, it takes time. And the other thing that's really interesting is this. I read an article. This has been a long time. Guys, should I should have brought the article with me, but. Um, it talked about five reasons why I pray for slow growth mm-hmm. in church. And the fifth reason was, was just brilliant. And that's this because it takes time to become a better pastor. Mm. I'm a better pastor now, according to the article, I'm a better pastor now than I was several years ago. And if I grow too fast, I'll grow beyond the proficiency and the depth that I could have had with slower growth. And I think there's, I think there's a lot of, 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 of things there that are positive at the end of the day. Let me take it to another level. And then Luke, I'll let you chime in here, but let me take it to another level. What about with your family? What about just slow yeah. down? Yeah. Why do I always be busy? Why do I, and, and even for my personal life, just slow down, uh-huh. just breathe, just give margin, just be, in a place where uh, I am not rushing through every meeting, every call, every appointment, every uh, project, but slow down so that you can grow deep and you can do it well. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as, as we talk through all of this, you know, and we think about, you know, this is based on your eight years of being there uh, in Jacksonville, uh, it kind of dawned on me, um, my, my time frame of how long I've, I've been in my business is, is about the same. Uh, in fact, you were the, you were the first, if or you were one of the first, if not the first, uh, church that I actually did work on, uh, work with rather once I started my business. And, um, you know, I think of the same uh, concept, like you said, to not just in a church, it could be applied to a family or, or to, you know, just general business, uh, of, yeah, like there's very few, uh, businesses, or churches uh, or organizations of any kind, you know, really just explode overnight, you know, that they just have one big, you know, in the business context, one big sale uh, that just takes them to the next level. Now, again, it happens. We see it happen, but it's, it's, it is that, that slow growth. And I can even reflect and be like, oh yeah, well, that, I mean, because I embraced that and there were some seasons I didn't want to embrace the slow growth. I wanted just the instant you know, uh, like I said, explosion of, of growth and whatnot. Um, you know, it is, it, it's what it, it, what it, slow growth, uh, more or less, 
uh, maybe not 100% guarantees, but gives you a more likelihood of experiencing long-term success. And um, it's just such a valuable thing to just, just like you said, slow down and enjoy the moment. Enjoy where you're at, the stage, the season of your church, of your family, or wherever you're at. Enjoy it for what it is right now. Mm -hmm. Which I think really, I'm going to go ahead and tack this one on because they're they're similar, but I think it, it there's a slight difference and that's slow down is number four but the fifth one uh, yeah. on this list is now not next mm -hmm. okay i if i'm not careful i'm always focusing on the next thing that we are supposed to do instead of the now thing um there's a lot of things we could do and i was talking to angie just the other night about this about when we were looking at some of the i, I mentioned some of those old youtube videos from the old church that are still out there in cyberspace somewhere. And I, I said, you know, it's easy to get discouraged about what's not happening or where we are not yet, but look where we've come from. Mm -hmm, like look mm -hmm. where we've come from. And, and when I say now, not next, focus on what you can do. I might not be able to do everything. I might not have the budget to do everything. I might not have the resources to do everything. I might not have the space to do everything. Uh, you know, there's so much that I may not have, but what can I do? What is right in front of me? What can I improve today? And, and, and I think it's important to look and always be evaluated, know the state of your flock, know what you're trying to accomplish today. And so have some, have some plans, have vision, have this is what's next, and then bite a chunk off. Take a step today. Do the task today. And whether it, I mean, I'm thinking for me as simple as like, I know that I'm doing a new men's Bible study and prayer group this year coming up and it's, it's going to kick off in about, about really about three weeks, but I had to take the first step. And yesterday it was changing the group and planning center and sending out a notification ahead of time. Now I've got some steps of promotion and then I've got a launch here in about a week and a half. It looked, our men's ministry is nowhere near where it needs to be. There's things I want to do five years from now, whatever, but this one step I can do right now, what's right in front of me today to make an improvement so that uh, we can go on. But if I'm always dreaming out, oh, I can't do that now, then I might not ever accomplish anything today. So now, not next, is a, is a, is an important uh, leadership principle for yourself to, to, to take as your church. There's always something you can do. Remember Pastor Chapel, you say this all the time. Hey, look, if you can't do anything else, you can at least have a fresh coat of paint on the wall. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, do, you can do something. You can do something right in front of you to improve your ministry, to improve your quality of life, to improve your family, to improve your relationship with your kids, improve friendships, whatever. There's always a step you can take. You don't always have to be, um, um, you know, on it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, as, yeah, yeah. And, and um, there's always, like you said, there's always something that can be done now. And, and, you know, it kind of goes back to just like we're saying, just enjoy the moment, you know, for what it is. Uh, because, you know, we, we go all the way back to the first point of vision. And I think a lot of times people get uh, a little bit, they kind of get confused because I think vision means I always have to be thinking about the future and what's next and what's out there. But, you know, the future never comes if you don't live out the present. And, yeah. you know, I know, I know for me, uh, something that, you know, I always, I think there's maybe maybe there's something here just kind of in our psyche and, and maybe the way or the tradition that we were brought up in where, you know, we don't in some ways you don't want to live for the moment. And, and in that you don't want to make 
decisions, potentially unwise and foolish decisions based on just what feels good in the moment. But even though you shouldn't live maybe for the moment, you can still live in the moment and enjoy, yeah. you know, what's what's here and what's happening. Uh, but of course, obviously, there's that, yeah, mentality of got to got to be aware of my future and the decisions I'm making now are going to affect my future and so forth. Uh, I think but there's nothing wrong most, with enjoying the yeah. moment you're in. Yeah. One of the most obvious applications of that is, is your family. Like I'm looking, I've got a three year old. And mm -hmm. I mean, everybody else is kind of, moved, you know, everybody's moved on. And I just keep thinking, man, these moments, I better capture these. And he's the only one of my kids that really I can still snuggle with. Well, man, yeah. do it while you can, yeah. right? Do it while you can. Mm -hmm. I mean, who knows? Um, there's going to yeah. be a last time that he's going to crawl in my lap and want to set with me. And mm -hmm. man, I just need to slow down. And I'll talk about kids in, a, in future episodes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's really true of church, Luke. I think sometimes we're, 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 we, there's so much we can't do that we are we are paralyzed by what we can't do when there's something right in front of us that we can do. And I think that's yeah. important. Well, guys, look, man, thanks for joining us today. We're going to finish this up next time. Maybe maybe take a couple more. We'll see. But uh, until next time, um, uh, we'll look forward to uh, getting back with you on life leadership and ministry and creating fellowship and a hope and partnership among gospel, Bible-believing preachers. This is the Church Advance Podcast. Thanks again for joining us for this episode, and we really would appreciate it if you could leave us that five-star review, and then of course share this content with your friends. We want to help as many pastors and church leaders as we can, and be sure to of course follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you may listen to podcasts. And go ahead and subscribe to the Church Advance YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at church advance. This podcast is hosted by Brian Sams. It is co-hosted and produced by myself, Luke Clayton, and the team at mustincrease.com. If you want to connect with Brian, be sure to head over to his website at briansams.com. Well, we really look forward to seeing you again in the next episode as we continue to advance a reformation of fellowship, partnership, and gospel hope amongst Bible-believing pastors and churches right here on Church Advance with Brian Sams.